Welcome to Stirring the Pot with Lucas Cecita. Now, last week I just had my dad on, so I uh, figured we might as well, if we're going to do Ying, we better do Yang. So this week I brought on me mom. Ange, how's it going? Very well. How are you doing? Uh, good, good. Solid, uh, solid day for sure. Went to the movies, uh, had a shoot earlier today. Um, got this a real- shooter. <laughs> shooter. Yes. No. Um, got to partially sleep in, you know, I got no complaints. What about you? Um, let's see. I went shopping this morning. Didn't mm. find it. Didn't find anything. Um, came, ho- came home, went to the, um, uh, post office and dropped some stuff off for little Della Lou and, um, for grandma Lynn and for uncle Lane. Damn. And that I know. And then um, came home and took a nap and woke up and I went next door and did my neighbor's hair color. And then I just got home. You know what that sounds like to me? What? Sounds like the stimmy hit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now, what I, you know, the whole basis of this conversation, I think, uh, is going to be about The Shining. Oh, okay. Um, I, yes, for those who have been listening to this podcast for a while. They'll know that a long time ago, I bought The Shining uh, because I had I had bought and read Jaws. So my next step was going to be to buy and read The Shining. And it took me a long time uh, for a number of different reasons. But mostly, you know, when I put something down, uh, it could be days, it could be weeks, could be months until I pick it up again. But it was very, you know, honestly, living it, it was very weird because it's not like I didn't like the book. Like, I would love what I was reading. I would just put it down and then, you know, go and do whatever. And then it would be months before I would even pick it up again, which is kind of weird. And maybe that kind of gives me a different perspective on it because I didn't read it straight through like Mm -hmm. I'm sure everyone else has. Mm -hmm. Uh, but for those who don't want the book spoiled, this probably isn't the best podcast to listen to. For those of you who don't give a fuck, let's, uh, let's send it, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, first Ange, did you watch the movie or read the book first? I watched the movie first. Okay. Did you, did you see it in theaters? No. Uh, I mean, God, you would have been one. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I probably, Let's see. I probably either watched it on TV or we rented a. We might have rented a video or something like that. But it was way back in the day. Do you? I mean, I mean, you would have been really young. But do you? Do you remember what the general consensus of that movie was when it came out? Like what? Like you mean like what people thought of it overall? Like everything that I was hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. You know, the main thing that stands out. F- to me is I don't remember a whole lot of people talking about the difference between the book and the movie, but that could have been my age. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Everybody was just like, it was really spooky and it was, you know, it was kind of a ghost scary kind of a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Um, it, in fact, I think it might have been my mom that told me that the ending of the book was different than the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm just Googling a few facts here um, because, in general, um, 
The Shining is interesting. The movie, well, for now, we'll talk about the movie. Because when it first came out, uh, from what I've been reading, uh, it wasn't, you know, the big success that a lot of other horror, you know, it wasn't like when Halloween came out and everyone was like, holy shit, what is this? You mm-hmm. know, The Shining, actually, fun fact, um, do you know what the Razzies are? No. Okay, so obviously you know what the Oscars are. Yes. Well, there's a thing called the Razzies, which are basically for the worst movies of the year. And The Shining got nominated for multiple Razzies, including Stanley Kubrick. So when this movie came out, it wasn't like a big critical box office success. It's one of those weird things where, honestly, I don't even... It seems weird calling it a cult classic, but... It had obviously it has we know the following it has now and it's looked at you know if you were to ask pretty much anyone uh, what do you what's like those some of the best horror movies of all time you know I'd say consensus would probably have The Shining in there you know wherever it lands in your rankings it's probably mm-hmm. in the top it's at least in the top twenty if not for you know comfortably oh. in the top ten oh yeah absolutely that's um. And and I do prefer that one over the one that that um, Stephen King had a more hands-on approach with. Um, yeah, well, see, that's t- you know it's tough because that one that's in my I think it was a straight to to TV like two part special. So obviously you're not gonna have a big budget for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not gonna be able to get someone like Jack Nicholson to be in your movie. And right. it, although it, it follows the book more, which I guess I'll get the spoilers out of the way. I, I like the book more than I like the movie, The Shining. Um, oh, and yeah. E- and even though this other movie um, follows the book, uh, it just lacks to the standards of um, of movies, I think. Uh, well, yeah, uh, the comparison between I don't know. It, OK, yeah, it goes along with the book um the the remake did but the thing is is that kubrick's movie was so much scarier Mm -hmm. um it just it was so it was so frightening Mm um but it still doesn't compare with with the book the kubrick's kubrick's version of it even though it was like i said it was just frightening um it's nowhere near some of those scenes in the book Mm. Yeah, you know, I think that a lot of people, uh, I actually know a few people around my age who had never seen The Shining, at least all the way through. Um, And it was really interesting to just hear them talk about it because I think everyone's like pretty surprised by it because it's, you know, it's not necessarily the scariest movie in the world. And I think that shocks people because, you know, it just has this reputation. And there's really only a few scenes that like really, you know, will, will... will unsettle you more than it's not like a jump scare type of movie. It's not one of those things where you're going to be like, Oh shit. Oh, you know, it's more like a no, slower it, it's burn. A, it's a, e- it, yeah, it's like this just real eerie creepiness that, yep. that comes yep. in and, and taps you on the shoulder and it's like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, you know, and that's, I think that because obviously you can go about scaring people in multiple ways and I think there's obviously something real effective in knowing uh, that you shouldn't be doing something or knowing that there's a place specifically that it's like you shouldn't go there and you're right. watching somebody go in and do it. And you're like, oh, God, no, no. And it just takes forever. You know, the tension is taking forever. It's building. The air is thick. You're like, 
you know, anyone who goes into room, uh, you know, as long as we're talking about the movie, room 237, you're mm-hmm. like, fuck. You're like, no, mm-hmm. no. And then they keep getting further into the room. You're like, no. So it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. On, honestly, after finishing the book, I was super surprised because, you know, in the same way that the movie has a reputation, uh, the reputation of the book from really, I mean, I don't know a ton of people who read the book other than you, but knowing you, knowing Tobin, knowing Uncle Lane and Jane, um, who have all read the book, everyone says it scared the piss off of them. So, yeah. I found myself being really surprised with reading the book because I, I'd never really read another Stephen King book before, even though I've seen all those movies. I mean, I've read Cycle of the Werewolf, but God, that's only a few pages compared to this, you know, close to 700 page novel. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's scary, but it's like really heartfelt. It's really funny. Like, I was surprised how funny the book was. <clears throat> I mean, how do you feel about it? I feel like that's why this. this well, I'm trying work. to. I'm trying. It's been so long since I've read it. I'm trying to think what, like, what are you referring to when you say the funny parts of the book? Like, give uh, me an example. Like when they first get to the hotel, obviously Danny can read minds. So you know they're getting a tour, and at this time, uh, all the guests that are currently there are leaving. And you oh, get like Danny reading the mind of the older lady. Old lady. Yeah, the old lady. Yeah, who, I remember and, that. And he's confused because, you know, he asked, he asked his buddy Dick, he's like, why would she want to get in that boy's pants? I don't understand right. why she would want his pants. And, right. you know, you're sitting there reading it, giggling. And it's like, man, I wasn't expecting this in this book. You know what I mean? It's right. But I think right. that's why the, why the scares work as well as they do is because we do care about these characters so much that anytime anything goes wrong, you're instantly like, fuck. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I was, I was impressed with just the way that King was able to get into the head of, um, Danny's dad, Mm. um, and, target he he like targeted that dark that dark spot that shadow side of him mm-hmm. that i don't know i don't know that the movie i don't remember the movie ever really really hitting on it other than you know you've got the the doctor scene in the beginning when danny has one of his episodes Mm-hmm. And then his mom goes on to explain what what happened with his dad and, you know, how he shook him and everything. And um, but King was yeah, King was able to really get in there and get to the 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 guts of who this guy was. Well, you know, I think that's the thing, you know, I think that's the big difference is like, you know, frankly, when I when I watched the movie now, um, after I finished the a book, I immediately wanted to watch the movie again. And I just kept thinking to myself, uh, mostly about the script of the movie, and I couldn't stop myself from thinking, man, why don't we take this awesome book and redo it? But the three main characters, let's make them all terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> because right. it's it's it's, uh, it's truly upsetting. Just, you know, Jack, I think at least, frankly, I, I guess that's the only one you could debate. But I think that. Wendy's character is... It's, Irritating as shit. 
it's not even the same person. And frankly, I think that's how you have to look at it. You know, saying I like the, the book better than the movie or the movie better than the book. I think the stories are honestly so different that I it's hard for me to even compare them. Uh, rather, other than it's like it's about this family that all have the same name and they go to the this haunted I, hotel. I detested Wendy in in the in Kubrick's version equally as much as I detested Danny in the made for TV version. Oh yeah, that was really bad that, too. That friggin' kid. I I just barely could watch him. I I don't know what it was about about him, but it was just I I just had a terrible time. But I found myself so I was so irritated with Wendy in Kubrick's it, it, the shit that she would tolerate and put up with and and the whininess, you know, there was a whine to her voice that I just yeah, I don't I didn't I didn't dig her character at all. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. You know, there's a lot of rumors when it comes to Shelley Duvall and how Kubrick really, you know, put it into her on set. And that she's never been the same after that set. They did like hundreds of takes. And, then, you know, he was driving that chick crazy. So I'm not even necessarily talking about that because I'm sure there's a lot of things that go into that performance. But honestly, just looking at the script alone of the movie. Uh, I think if you put anyone in that role, it's going to be the same thing. It's like in the movie, Wendy's there just to scream or just to, you know, she's just another she person was a, to die. She, she was such a nervous, like just this, this weak, nervous Nellie. Yep. Um, and uh, he, he just had so little faith in, in her character. I completely agree. And, you know, I think we should counter and talk about Wendy in the book because it's such a strong character. Wendy mm-hmm. in the book, you know, when the book starts, you know, she's on the edge of possibly thinking about divorce already. So that right. puts Jack in a position of being on eggshells, you know, right. throughout most of the book because Wendy's not going to put up with any shit. You know, mm-hmm. she's you know, already possibly you know do i take danny and you know do we just go live with my mom you know it's like that sort of thing mm-hmm. uh, when wendy you know as soon as that arm thing happened with danny uh she was you know uh-uh, she, was about, she was about to bounce at that point and you know she puts up a huge fight in the book and it's this whole you know she is such a great character in the book that it mm-hmm. to see just what they did to her and um, in the in the movie. Well, and I'm, uh, I, and and you have some insider details that I didn't know <laughs> about, and maybe that was Kubrick's whole thing is to is to drive um, Shelley Duvall to the brink of like just having about to have a nervous mm-hmm. breakdown, because that's how she comes across. She she comes across as somebody who's barely hanging on by mm-hmm. a thread, and and the only thing that she can seem to do is to kind of coddle Jack. Um, Like kind of, she just, she, she oozes it. And, uh, but maybe that, you know, that was what he wanted. He wanted somebody that was, um, that the pressure was getting to, to the point that they were about to break. 
I don't know. That's that's the way that I see. Yeah, her, I mean, she's so submissive as... to Jack in the movie that it's like there's no yeah. there's no challenge there. Whereas in the book, it's like she's constantly challenging Jack because you know she. It's not like she wants to be up there. You know, as soon as stuff goes wrong, she's mm-hmm. like, "This is fucking bad news." So, like, yeah. it, it's so it's upsetting, and I think also. The, we're going to have to get to the climax of the movie at some point, but we'll save that for later. But I think these are the type of things that make the ending feel so epic and powerful is that it mm-hmm. in the movie, it very much feels just like another slasher movie where it's like you got the guy with the axe chasing right. you and you got to escape. But in the book, it feels so right. epic because not only are you getting that, but you're getting... You know, the fight outside against the hedge animals. You know, you, you've you got all this other stuff going yeah. on. It's not just the one, you know, bad guy with, you know, wearing the black hat. It's the whole hotel as a whole. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, let's talk about Danny's character and just the big differences there. Oh, God. The, I, Danny's character in the first one is so much more, I don't know, just... I mean, it's awful to say about a child, but likable. Um, For me, it's just like, I don't necessarily love Danny in the movie. Like, I don't think he's a bad actor. Like, like in the made for TV one, it's like, that's just bad acting. Well, and that's, that's the comparison I'm making though, between the first and the second movie. I'm not really thinking that much about the book yet. Um, But that, that alone, I, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I, it was like having to choke down Danny in that in that made from tv mm-hmm. movie yeah i mean for me it's just like i'm very frustrated by danny's character in the movie because as soon as he goes into the room which we don't see which is fine you know some things are better left up for our interpretation in our heads uh but as soon as that happens this kid doesn't say a word the whole rest of the movie you know what i mean it's like yeah. he was also it's like he was written off of a tv show or something it's like what the hell like the the core yeah. of why the book is so fucking great is because Stephen King knows that kids aren't dumb. And for people who, you know, have been around kids, have had kids, babysat, taught, anything, it's like kids always surprise you because they know more than you think that they do. And to have this right. central character be a five-year-old who's dealing not only with the supernatural and trying to understand the powers that he has – but he knows he can read his parents' minds and knows that, you know, divorce is in the air. So not only is he worrying about mm-hmm. his own shit, but he's also trying to solve his parents' problems and he doesn't know what to do. And it's like you have this whole internal battle. Uh, it's super, super interesting. And honestly, the biggest heartbreak for me is that in the book, Danny loves his dad. Danny loves his yeah. dad. And, you know, that that's another interesting mm-hmm. thing that uh, that kind of puts a little distance between Jack and Wendy is because Wendy, you know, at times is a little jealous that Jack gets all this love mm-hmm. from Danny. But you don't get that in the mm-hmm. in the movie. I mean, yeah, you get scenes where he's sitting Mm-mm. on his lap, but it's like. Yeah, but he looks so timid. He looks like he's frightened to death of his dad. I, like his I completely gonna... agree gonna break at any moment and and you know choke the shit out i i just don't understand it's like how could that's the whole point of why you know in movies specifically horror movies when people die it's the ones that really stick with us are the characters that we really like and in this movie 
Other than yeah. Dick, who I think is perfect casting, I thought it was great, but they blow that too because they fucking just write him off of the movie as well. But the, the all the characters, I literally don't care about. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm not, I am not saying that you know Jack Nicholson did bad in the movie by any means because you know we all. Uh, quoted all the time, you know, here's Johnny, you know, the whole ending, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's phenomenal, mm-hmm. but I think it's very poor direction mm-hmm. or just writing to have Jack from the get go automatically be such an asshole. Yeah. From the point that he walks on the screen, he's got this macho, you know, thing about him and he's literally an asshole. The first night that they're in this hotel mm-hmm. together, the family, you know, Wendy comes in while he's writing, and he chews her ass out, and fucking, you know, at the end of, you know, this whole confrontation says, so why don't you start now by getting the fuck out? It's like, what the fuck? Right. This movie just started. And she's, and, and she's like, yeah, okay. She's, okay. Or she's like, oh, come on, hon. Isn't that, isn't that when she it's says like, that? It's like, what the fuck, dude? It's like, from that yeah. point on, that is someone who had read the book, they should have been like, what is this movie? Like, it's right. it's so not similar that it, it's jarring to me. And you know, this is the the famous thing that anyone who reads a lot of books and watches the movies they usually hate it because everyone says that the movies are much better. And maybe I'm just on eleven because this is kind of my first taste of it. And it's a you know, frankly, I don't think the movie. You know, the I think the movie definitely does some things better than the book does, and vice versa. But in general, I would say I like the you know, the book more, but yeah, just the, the death of these characters is the main thing that really sticks with me about this. Well, when, when Hollerman dies and the way that he dies, it's, I mean, you're, you're looking for him to be some kind of a hero and in the, in the movie, it's, it's Danny that ends up being the hero. And I don't know, it, it just seems like you've put so much emphasis on this connection between the two mm-hmm. of them, where he's able to communicate with them and the guys are all the way down in Florida. And yet he's able to communicate with them and, and express to them what's, you know, what is going on and what he's seeing up there that Hollerman, you know, gets on a plane and shows up only to be yep. killed. Um, off. Yeah, like literally immediately. It's like he doesn't even get to see Danny. He he just walks right. in and that's it. Right, and I don't know. I I it, it was such a letdown because they've been building this relationship between the two of them, and like I said, I just I don't know. I it seems like such a waste, you know. I agree. I I agree. How do you feel about the the lack of hedge animals being in the movie? I feel more strongly about the lack of a a, a concrete pipe. <laughs> I just, you know, I that's one thing that I look at and I'm like that's probably something you have to change and I think that uh I think that this was a a very tasteful change actually that instead of using hedge animals they use the, maze. the hedge maze. Yeah. yeah, they use the hedge maze. And I thought that, you know, that brought an interesting visual aspect to the movie. Um, obviously, is a perfect setting for the climax of the movie, which we get, which we'll get to later. But I, you know, I love that. Um, because frankly, thinking about it, 
Um, with how big of a role these hedge animals play in the book, yeah, I don't know how the fuck you would have filmed that in 1979. Right, right, and I agree with you on that. Um, I, I do like. See, to me, the hedge animals were not that they they played a big part in the book, but they weren't that scary to me. Um, mm-hmm. Where that maze, for some reason, that was much more frightening to me because you didn't know what was going to be around the next corner. That's a good point. Um, to me, that that was much more frightening. And it was very much like the hotel with with the hallways of the hotel and how that was even frightening to me to watch Danny ride his little three wheel. Um, I his completely big, his agree. big wheel. It it. Yeah, it it was the same. It it was totally fitting, you know, the in a perfect world, I think you could still do the I think you could do, you know, I mean honestly, frankly, the scariest part of the book is when Danny's playing on the playground by himself and right. he ends up running into a confrontation with these hedge animals and it's right. literally the most frightening thing I've ever read in my life. Right. Um I think you could probably do that. And it, it, you know, it's an interesting, that's another great example in the book of something that Jack experiences and also Danny experiences it, Mm -hmm. which leads to a huge part in the book where, you know, it's the first time that Jack, you know, hits Danny again. And Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, fuck, he did, you know, it's just, man, you know, it just keeps escalating. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that really in the movie, the only two things that happen to them that are the same or that they both experience is going into the room. And, you know, we're, we're kind of, we don't even get that because we just, we see the aftermath of what, you know, Danny's got a scar on his neck and he's not talking. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't necessarily know what happened to him. And then we get Jack's point of view. But I think that's something in the book that, you know, was really interesting because, you know, Jack, both Jack and Danny were experiencing some of the same events. So when it all builds, not, um, or when, yeah, when it builds, uh, there's a point in the book where Danny basically calls his dad out for that. He's lying. He's like, you saw the same shit I saw. I know mm-hmm. you're fucking lying. And Jack slaps him. And then of course, Wendy's like, you motherfucker. Mm. And it's just this, he, it's like, Oh, the family drama is so tasty. <laughs> but I I don't know. I mean I think that I don't I you could not have done that ending with the hedge animal, you know, with Dick and the hedge lion. There's literally there's no I don't think there's a way to even like even now it's like I don't even know how you do that. Okay, and, now you're going to pull it off. You're going to have to remind me of that. Okay. Uh when Dick is has made his long journey um, up back to the hotel to save Danny. Uh, he hears something and looks to the right, and he's already too late because sprawling, jumping at him is a hedge lion. And instead of sharp claws and teeth, it is obviously a hedge animal, so it's replaced by, like, twigs and sharp right. uh, sticks and stuff. Right. And he gets knocked off of his snowmobile, and then there is this encounter between Dick and this hedge lion and this lion honestly puts the work into him and i think there's a really great moment because dick basically uh he's got a couple extra gas cans to you know obviously Mm -hmm. get him up and back and he he torches it doesn't he yeah but you know he's got this lighter in his pocket and honestly it's more of just like a it's a lighter he's had since he was in the war you know he just says all these 
moments of his life that he had this lighter with and he knows that it has no juice left it's just you know this old ass lighter that he's always had and he's talking to himself he's like i've had you at all these moments in my life and i know you don't have any juice in you but if you don't light now then it's my ass Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he lights it and of course it works and he fries Mm -hmm. this fucking hedge animal but it's like how the hell would you have filmed that like right. it's just too much of a pain in the ass. So I think that the the move to the maze was, was completely works and definitely fits right. uh, a visual medium very well. Uh, I think that that that's a switch that I think works for both of them. I think that you know I think that the animals in the book works, and I think that the maze in the movie works great too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's talk about Jack though, because you know we already said oh that Jack. He's like, well, you know, we already mentioned that he's just an asshole immediately, but I it's upsetting because yeah, he's this uh he's this alcoholic, your recovering alcoholic uh guy with anger issues, but you know, you can't put all this backstory in a movie, but it's it's nice to be able to see or get in the mind of Jack and understand kind of why he is the way he is. And, right. but I think, I think the big difference though, in that I miss in the movie is just the fact that he's trying. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that's the thing is that he's this unperfect character who slowly is getting tempted, but he's trying his hardest to make things work because throughout his life, you know, it never ends up, you know, it's never really come through for him. He always fucks it up and he's trying, he's trying real fucking hard and he chews yeah. his pills and he fucking wipes his lips every time he's, you know, upset. And we don't really, you know, we don't get any of that. Like those just little things that, uh, those little, you know, those little ticks that he would have. And when he right. points it out in the book and says, you know, she's noticing that he's kind of acting the same way he did when he drunk. And she's noticing these little things that he's doing, but he's not drinking. She knows he's not drinking. So it's like, what is bringing this on? And we mm-hmm. just don't get any of that in the movie. You know, he's an right. asshole. And, the, you know, it's more yeah. of a... He always what, seems like in, in Kubrick's movie, he always seems like he's on the verge of having like just an, an emotional outburst at trying to cope with his stupid family yep it's like they're a nuisance to him yeah yeah like they're under his skin yeah it's like he's immediate he's always pissed at them and it, instead of him you know being aggressive or chewing out uh his family or he, he now it basically just turns from that to he's gonna kill him like mm-hmm. that's really the only change in it like there's no slow burn to madness uh, you know, frankly, uh, I it's ups, it's upsetting because in the in the book, you know, the big moment, the big turn for Jack is when the hotel gets him to drink again, mm-hmm. and it's like he's drinking the poison himself, and he's doing it to himself. And the moment he does that is when it goes downhill. But mm-hmm. in the movie, the first time that he, you know, sitting at the bar and he's talking to Lloyd, well he drinks right there immediately. So it's like, Oh, well that's automatically, you know, not mm-hmm. really a big deal. Um, yeah. I, I mean, but that, I will say that scene, I love that it's, you know, for the first half of that scene in the, in the movie is pretty note for note as it is in the book. Mm-hmm. That conversation is, you know, ripped right out of those pages mm-hmm. um, with a little extra flair thrown at the end. But, and honestly, if I was going to give you, you know, 
my favorite movie scene of just two people talking, you know, that's right up there. Um, when he's talking to Lloyd in the movie and the reveal, because of course he walks in alone and you're getting a wide shot from the profile from the side mm-hmm. and it cuts, it cuts to the front of Jack and it's, you know, you're looking straight at him in a single mm-hmm. and which is a little, you know, it's weird because you're like, Oh, this is kind of unusual framing. And he's talking to himself and he starts laughing and then it cuts again and you see now Lloyd is there and the bar is full and you're like, Oh fuck. It's like, that's such a just moving part um, in the movie. And that's one thing that I think they both, they both do really, really well. And that's one of my favorite acted scenes. But again, I think I might like that a little bit more in, in the book, just because it leads to in the book, because this is right after Danny goes into room 217. Wendy, mm-hmm. see, you know, Wendy wakes Jack up and he's on a different floor than he originally was. He's like, I don't know what the fuck happened. I must have just dozed off and slept walked or something. And mm-hmm. then Danny shows up and she's like, what the fuck? You did this to him. And then he's like, what the fuck? I did. Mm-hmm. Did I? I don't think I, you know, and then she takes Danny from him and then he goes and talks to Lloyd. And, you know, that's mirrored in the in the movie as well. But uh, instead of, you know, in the movie, that scene's broken up because Wendy, you know, is whining again, runs in and she's like, Jack, Jack, there's someone else in the hotel. There's a woman hurt Danny. She's in the room. And he just looks at her and he says, are you out of your fucking, your fucking mind? mind. <laughs> it's like, that's just a perfect summary of the movie compared to the book. Right. Where right. in that scene, they find Jack and Danny runs up to his dad and gives him a hug. And then right. Danny's the one saying that there's this chick and it's like, you know, Wendy's like, what the fuck? Oh, damn, I look like an asshole. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, and you know, Jack inside is like, in his head, he's like, ha, you bitch. You know, it's like this all, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great moment. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's weird because I think if we were to take a step back and look at it, I think that the, the book, the hotel slowly turns Jack to his, or pushes Jack to his breaking point. And you get that all over the place. It's not just going into room 217. You know, it's it's little things that start to add up, whether that's his work, whether that's, you know, Wendy blaming him for things, his relationships with Danny and with Wendy and him constantly messing up. You know, it's a slow build to, you know, this psychopathic Jack that we get at the end, which we even mm-hmm. know it's not even really him. It's like the hotel is almost <laughs> taking him over. Yeah, possessed him. Whereas in the in the movie, it almost comes off more like it's more of a stir crazy thing. Uh, it's it's like mo- a cabin fever. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more like you know, the longer they're there alone, the more his mind is starting to go crazy. And the way that they film it, it's like it all comes off like it's in Jack's head. So li- mm-hmm. up until the climax of the movie, you don't even really know if there are ghosts or not. I mean. I guess an example of that would be that Dan, you know, Danny somehow must have gotten those marks. But it's not until Jack's let out of the pantry that we even see any, you know, true supernatural things happen on screen. Um. So what about the what about the chick in in room two seventeen? I mean, uh, yeah, Jack goes and sees her, and you know, gives her you know, a big smooch and then she spooks him and he leaves. 
But I, I look at that and I'm like, that's no necessarily difference than, you know, him seeing Lloyd and then drinking something right. at the bar. And then all of a sudden it's not there. You know, right. It, the Them letting Jack out of the pantry is the first big thing that we yeah. know that they've done and has a huge, you know, they. Oh, yeah, because they're taking there's definitely an action taken there. Exactly. Um, yep. Right. Yeah, they did something. They did something physical now. Yep. Yep. And in, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's two different, obviously it's two different takes on a haunted, uh, hotel, but I think that's another thing that kind of, the endings are different. And I think there's things about both of them that I like. And if I would say that there's anything I'm somewhat conflicted about, um, even with the book, it's the ending. Um, well, f- I, I, I prefer the ending of the book because, like I said, I have a problem with Hollerman being being taken out in the movie. Um, it just seems like such a waste of building this relationship with Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like the end of the book. I like that he's still around. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it. You know, there's, th- there's things that I appreciate from both of them and things that I think uh, both didn't necessarily do well when it comes to the ending of the movie and the book. Like Um, what? Well, for just in general, I'd say I don't love when stories you beat the bad guy with words. And that's kind of what happened in the movie or not in the movie, in the in the book. And on top of that, I almost feel like it's the hotel's fault that it blew up itself pretty much because Jack is in charge of the boiler. And we, you know, that's something that they die. You right. know, they drive in home from the beginning right. of the book and the hotel right. possesses Jack. Right. The hotel does not remind Jack in any way of the boiler. And, you know, there's not even like a, it's not like Danny does anything for that to happen. It's just Mm -hmm. that Danny remembers that Jack obviously hasn't touched the boiler today. So it's Mm -hmm. almost like this weird climax is happening. And, you know, we're right there. And Danny's just like, oh, shit, you forgot to do your job. And then he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck, I did forget to do my job. And then the hotel blows up. And you're Mm -hmm. just like, well, that's kind of anticlimactic in a weird way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of it just seems very nobody did anything in order for that to happen. And if you were to argue anyone did do something, it's kind of the hotel's fault that the hotel blew up in the first place. Right. So that's a, that's a problem I I have. Too, with that. Yeah. Too, too many distractions by the hotel. Yeah. It forgot, it's forgot its main duty, which is to keep itself going. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a little anticlimactic uh, there, but you know, I think that the, there's obviously great, you know, it's great that it, I think it's, however you feel about there being such a bow on top because obviously they, you know, the three of them survive. Jack gets to say goodbye to Danny. Um, he goes down, you know, I think it's, it's cool that he thinks he saved the boiler and he's jumping up and down. He's like, I fucking, you know, I did it. You know, I wasn't out of time. I got, and then his line gets cut off and the hotel blows up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool. That's, you know, that's super tasteful. And I really appreciate that, um, that they give you an extra chapter uh, describing, okay, the hotel's blown up, but now what? Because now they're in the middle of a fucking blizzard. Now they have the opposite problem. How are they mm-hmm. going to get out of here? 
and obviously running out of the hotel yeah danny ran real quick and grabbed clothes but it's below freezing uh they only have one snowmobile and they are yeah they have no real clothes so it's like how are we going to get out of this situation now i really appreciate that we um, we get that chapter and then we get the epilogue after that. So in general, I think that, yes, the, what the book gets right is uh, they do Hallerman's character. Great. Um, Jack and Wendy, their battle is super great because that I mean, that whole climax to me even has more stakes because Wendy does the horror movie thing where it's like, you know, she hears something downstairs, but she doesn't know if, how would Jack have gotten out. I don't know. And she locks the door behind her and is like, I just got to know because Danny's sleeping. And she goes downstairs and gets her ass beat. And she, mm-hmm. you know, fights back. But she's, you know, crawling up the stairs and goes to the door. But the door's wide open. So you're like, fuck, where's Danny? Mm-hmm. She gets in there and Jack's trying to knock down the door. But it, it, it changes the you know, the feeling of it because you're in her shoes of where the fuck is Danny? She's sitting there in the Mm -hmm. room, you know, Jack's about to break down the door and she's like, what the fuck? What the fuck, dude? And then, you know, you get the bat. She keeps, she honestly keeps injuring herself as she's trying to fight back. It's this Mm -hmm. stressful, you know, thing. Oh yeah. He's King is great at that. Yeah, man. It's uh, the book does the Jack and Wendy fight. Great. Um, it, I love it. It really, the villain in the book is the hotel and the right. hotel gets blown up and the villain is defeated and they survive. You get your happy ending. So in a sense, the villain is beaten. You get that box checked. Whereas in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but first, Jack is neutralized. Jack is neutralized in that, in the book. Correct. Well, in the movie, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jack dies. Jack. Right. Jack dies in both of them. Um, what I do like that the movie does, um, obviously, it's completely iconic Jack chasing down Wendy and Danny and you get the here's Johnny. Uh, I don't like that. He kills Dick at least does it so fast. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a negative, but I do love when my characters. Oh, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Are you, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I, I thought I lost you for a second. It sounded kind of loud. Does it still sound loud? Because I'm outside, so I can have a smoke. Oh, well, I guess I'll take it over the crickets from last time when Dad went outside. Um, So that's another negative. Uh, But I love in a story when the main character outsmarts the villain at the end. And you do get that in the in the movie. You know, I think the maze is a very visually pleasing uh, location for the movie to end. And Danny, you know, escapes and runs into the maze. Jack chases after him and he outsmarts his dad. And it's literally one of the most clever things I've seen in a in a horror movie, how he retraces his steps and basically leads yeah. Jack to a fork in the road. Like right. it's it that's so good. And Jack freezes. And they yeah, they survive. But the pro the villain, the hotel still stands Stands. so it's like they didn't necessarily fix anything because the hotel is still there so although it's like yeah they i think they did the you know the jack climax super duper well at the same time it's almost like they missed the point because the hotel is still standing Mm -hmm. right um and i i mean i love that the that the movie 
the last shot of it, how you get the, you know, the, the dolly in to, uh, the picture frame and Jack is now, um, in, you know, a part of the history of the, the hotel, of the hotel, right? Yeah. Like that's super cool. So I, when it comes to the ending, I'm conflicted because on one hand you get the, the nice bow on top, but it's a little anticlimactic. Uh, but in general, I'd say the scale of the, of the book, it just feels bigger because it's not just one person that they're trying to beat. It's mm-hmm. more, you know, it just feels bigger and grander. Whereas in the movie, it's like you have, it's like, you know, Jason's chasing after you. Um, right. And they, yeah, they solved that problem. But in general, it's like they still left the whole, I, I guess it's whatever, you know, uh, my buddy Max Burke says that the ending of the book is kind of boring. And I, I can't necessarily disagree just because of it is a little anticlimactic in that way. Um, right. But if you were to tell me, you know, I'd say my favorite chapters of the book are when the perspectives change. And it's honestly when Danny meets Dick for the first time. And there, I think their conversation is great. So from that point on, when I was hooked, if you asked me, how do I want the book to end? I'd say, honestly, I'd want it to end with a conversation between these two characters. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what we get. And I love it. And so in general, I think the characters of the book are way better. Uh, I think that, um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's like, I just think that the characters are super better. However you feel about the ending, you know, I understand both sides of it. Um, But, Mm -hmm. you know, if your characters stink, it's like, what, you know, it's almost like, what does it matter that the hotel looks as cool and it's as spooky as it is because it's I don't care if anyone lives or survives mm-hmm. or you know lives or dies yeah mm-hmm. but yeah you go you go well no the I mean you were talking about like your the your favorite part of the book and um mine of course is going to be what I find to be the, the most frightening and mm-hmm. um when and I I tried to prepare you a little bit when you were reading it, I was like, now there's a part on the playground and I want you to be ready for it. And it is definitely when Danny gets in that, that pipe, <laughs> I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm trying to get out of the pipe for him. I am like scrambling with everything I've got as I'm reading it. It's like, get out of the fucking pipe. <laughs> it's super, super tasteful because it's not, it's not just scary. You almost feel claustrophobic while reading. Oh it. yeah. And oh, yeah. then you know, you you escape only to be in these goddamn hedge animals. Yeah, most, yeah. hell yeah. no, hell yeah. no. Yeah, it goes from one terror right onto the next. Yep. And you know, I I don't know. I guess my feeling is is I'd be probably way more apprehensive if this were if this were to be me, mm-hmm. um, as far as getting into that pipe. And it being so dark down at the other end, and there's definitely something in there, <laughs> and I don't know what it is, um, but I would take on I take on a hedge animal any day over that. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, man, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, you know what? One of the biggest balls that was dropped of the movie that I just find what? super interesting. What? It's the whole point of the story is that Danny shines, and right. I think in the movie that is not the point. Honestly, no. that's not. And in the book, it's the hotel shines in the movie to me. 
it's it's just the the fact that Danny shines and his power is so strong at his age. The hotel understands that and is trying to manipulate, manipulate Jack it. Yeah. to give them his son. And it's really cool because even in that moment that Jack basically says, fuck yeah, you know, I'm the goddamn caretaker. I'll do whatever I have to do. And, you know, they're edging him on. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, his ego's getting to him a little bit. And he's like, why the fuck do they want my kid? It's like, why they want, they should have, you can have me. Why would you want my kid? And he's almost a little jealous or envious right. of Danny. And you right. don't, you know, you don't get that at all, really, in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's just like, well, why the fuck is it still called The Shining? <laughs> right, right. I don't know. But it's, I did feel that, I did feel that way about it, though. I yeah. felt like like in in the movie mm-hmm. it was like this there was emphasis on the fact that that places shine just like Danny does and just like Hollerman does mm-hmm. and you know the whole the whole thing is the the hotel manipulating Jack and and it it wants those you know it it wants that Danny shine for itself yeah and yeah so it's funny how just how 50 minutes goes by just talking about one story. Oh, I know. I know. But it's such a great story. And, you know, I encourage you to read some of his other books. Well, um, now I want to read Dr. Sleep just because that's obviously that literally can't have the same third act as the movie did because the movie did the interesting choice of trying to bridge both the movie and the book and, you know, just try mm-hmm. to try to fix all those errors between the two. Uh, well, the climax of Dr. Sleep takes place at the Overlook, and that mm-hmm. obviously can't happen. I mean, maybe it could in some, I don't know. I haven't read it. I can't imagine that's the ending of, I don't even know what the ending of Dr. Sleep would be. Did you watch the movie? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. Went to see it in theater. I have not seen the director's cut, which I hear is a lot better. Okay. Well, that's, well, okay. That's something to think about. Um, um yeah, I, I, I would encourage you to, I have not read Dr. Sleep. Oh, okay? okay. So that's something that I will want to read next. Um, after this conversation, I'll want to, um, pop on the, um, Amazon and download and download that one. Um, but you know, like Cujo, Cujo has some really intense scenes in it. Um, Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. uh, Pet Cemetery, especially that first movie. Um, I found that one to be just scary as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you've got—I don't know—the way that King does that, where he's, you know, now, now you've got to be frightened of a child. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's a good um, point. I never really thought about that. You know, now, now he's done the opposite. And he's turned he's turned it on us, mm-hmm. and so there's so there's that one. Um, Carrie, um, I read I know I read that one. Um, that one was okay, uh, but he writes such. There's some really weird ones, like the I think there's one that's called the Long Walk. Okay, um, and that one is about people that they're I can't remember if they're chosen or if they volunteer for it. Um, but a group of people have to go on this really long 
walk. And the thing about it is, is that if you stop, they shoot you. You have to keep walking and walking and walking and walking and walking. And I, I can't, I can't even remember how the end of it is, but um, there's at pupil. Um, that one's really disturbing. Um, but that's one of his short stories. It's in with, it's in a, with another book. Um, Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot's got another a couple of scenes in it that are so frightening. They're every bit as frightening as the playground scene in The Shining. Mm. So, um, and I would say that it, that's a really thick book too. Um, I don't think any of them are as, as thick as The Stand, but um, every, I just, I think that it's worth it to, to read the, to read the, or Salem's Lot, excuse me. Well, yeah, yeah, you've all you keep telling me to read that one, so maybe that's next up. Um, I do feel a little accomplished finishing a, you know, a longer book. So I don't know. I like I just bought or Avery just bought me the Game of Thrones books, and my buddy Tyler is really obsessed with them, and I love the show, and obviously was upset with how it ended. So I'd like to read the books, but uh, I looked at the page count of the first one, you know, and that's like the mm-hmm. shortest one. I was like, God damn, the first one of this is already longer than The Shining. Like, I've, Is it really? Fuck yeah, it's like 800-something pages. Well, in some of those books, you might just gog- gobble them right up. Maybe, I mean, yeah, a, yeah, maybe. You know, and, your feeling could be very different once you get into them and, and they start going that, you know, you find that, you know, the longer the book, the happier you are when you find out about it. Yeah, I mean, the, the fourth and fifth book, Technically, we're, we're supposed to just be one book, but it mm-hmm. was so big that they literally couldn't bind it into one and sell it the way that they needed to. So he, he split it into two books. Oh. So it's actually because that story is cool because it's told each chapter from a different character's perspective. Mm-hmm. So one chapter, it's Jon Snow's perspective. The next, it's Tyrion. You know, it's cool how it's split up. Every chapter's that way. So, mm-hmm. um, book four is like half of the characters and you don't even hear from the other ones. And then book five is the point of view of the other half of characters. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool in that way. But, okay. but yeah, I don't know. My options are, you know, have you ever read the road? The road. It's like a post-apocalyptic father son story. Uh, there was a movie that starred Vigo Mortensen. I'm thinking of The Mist. No, I don't know about The Road. Uh, it's like, I guess it's Avery's favorite book. I've never read it, but I bought it because I knew it was Avery's favorite and I was just in a spending spree. I wonder where I got that from. Um, so I got <laughs> so I got it. And that one's only like, that's under 300 pages. So I might bust that out. Uh, yeah, read that and let me know how it is. I might read it. Yeah. Well, listen, we talked to Shining. We talked a little Dr. Sleep, all that good stuff. Um, to close it out here, uh, I had kind of a fun game that has to do with when is the last time you blank? And I wrote down a, a handful of these, and I just want to dive into your brain a little bit and see. Uh, see. Okay. Yeah. So, Ange, when is the last time you went fishing? Um, the last time I was fishing was before we moved. Really? Yep. Yep. And I am planning, um, my birthday for July 
And this time it is going to be a fishing party. And so I'm going to be working with grandpa to figure out the best lake um, that we can, you know, we can party down at where they've got not only fishing from the beach or the dock, <clears throat> but they have a decent sized picnic area, but he's, he's got more experience with, you know, some of the smaller, smaller lakes. So he might, he might know of something that's got a pretty good size picnic area. Okay. Uh, when is the last time you painted? A uh, house or a room or what? I mean, more like traditional, like canvas or something. Oh God. Um, probably five, four or five years ago, probably five years ago. When is the last time you went to a concert? When you took me to see Paul Simon. Mm, that is, that is a good one to go out on. Um, mm -hmm. when is the last time you danced? Wait a minute. That's not completely true. Billy got us tickets to see Godsmack. Oh. So it was Godsmack. So it was it would have been Godsmack, yeah. Mm. We just ended like the shining book. <laughs> When's the last time you danced? I danced with your dad all the time. So today, yesterday? Um probably a couple days ago, maybe a week ago. Okay. When is the last time you gave someone the bird? Um, I couldn't even tell you. I don't know. I honk my horn these days. When's the last time you honked your horn? Today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when is the last time you got, you slept in? Well, these days, because I've gotten older, my sleep schedule is so different. So my idea of sleeping in would be like sleeping until like 830 in the morning. And that would have been probably, I don't know, within the last month. Okay. Uh, and for you, when is like, when you say you slept in, what, what time would you wake up then? Around 830, quarter to nine, something like that. Oh, that sounds terrible. Um, I know. When is the last time that you smoked weed? Uh, probably th three or four years ago. Um, horrible experience and I'll never do it again. Okay. Uh, when is the last time you watched a movie at the movie theaters? Um, well, I went to, wait a minute. I got to think about this for a second. It would have been when we were over by Bonita Springs by Naples. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't remember if it was Crawl that I saw last. Um, it was for my birthday. And it, Crawl, the one about the alligators. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that had come out. And that was what I really wanted to do for my birthday. So everybody went with me to go see that. Oh, yeah. Did they enjoy themselves? Oh, they thought it was the worst movie ever made, which made it great. <laughs> I I just, you know, just in general, well, we like Lake Placid. So, you know, I'm definitely more open to seeing something like that than I think the average yeah. moviegoer. But yeah. uh, I don't love 
when I like my monster movies to have like one monster that you got to deal with rather than like a lot of them. Right. Um, which, you know, there's, there's examples of that not necessarily being true. Like I, I actually hot take, I prefer aliens to alien because I enjoy my life and like laughing and having a good time. Uh, I don't always want to be. Oh, you know. and you've got what's his what's his name, and it keeps you ro- just rolling. Oh, dude, yeah, dude. What's his name? Game over, um, man. It's uh, game. Just uh, in uh, case you're not keeping uh, up on current <laughs> events, we just got our asses. Got our asses, kid. Yeah, got our asses yeah. handed to us. Yeah, he just passed away, didn't he? <laughs> yes, it makes me really sad. Bill Paxton, yeah. right? Yeah, he was uh he was so great. He was great in and uh weird science too. Oh my god. Mm. Just just wonderful actor. Mm. All right, Andrew, I got a couple more of these for you. Uh when is okay. the last time you listened to an album all the way through? Ooh. Um I do that a lot, and it probably would have been Sunday morning. I was listening to John Coltrane. Oh, well, what what album? I'm not sure. It might have been like the Essentials or something like that. When is the last time you? That's the best way to phrase this. Yeah, this one might be a dud. Now that I'm looking at it. I was going to say, well, let's hear well, it. I was just going to say, let's hear it anyway. When's the last time you heard a song and you were just offended? It was so bad you had to turn it off. Every time I turn on the radio, that happens mm. where I'm just like, I look at the radio and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I immediately turn the channel and I'll keep turning it until something good comes on. You could say you keep turning it even when you're passing other good songs. <laughs> I've been accused of oh, that. We'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> and Ange, when is the last time you dropped your kid off at school on a day where there wasn't school? <laughs> you know what, Luca? You can just shut up. All right. I'm just. It happened, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just curious of when that was. I don't know. It was probably a while ago, wasn't it? It. I think it was probably when my youngest was in kindergarten. Kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, dropped a kindergartner off at school on a day where no one was at school. Awesome. It was a good. It was yeah, a good thing well, you caught it and turned around and picked me up, right? You better shut up, Luca. Oh, okay. Uh, that's all I got for you, Ange. Um, all right. I'm glad. I'm glad you could come on. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really happy that you finally read that book. And that is something that we now share in common. And um, I'm looking forward to you reading some more. And we can do this again. Yeah, it sounds like we got we to gotta read Dr. Sleep. Yeah, yeah, we'll get on that one. All right. Have a, we'll have a book there club. You go.